Well, let's take our Bibles and go back to 1 Corinthians 4 as we have been looking at the subject of stewardship. At least we talked about it a little bit last Wednesday. Faithful in your stewardship, part one. I guess this is part 1B. Uh, or I guess we didn't get there. Uh, we got through the first two points and then, or well, however many points it was, I think it's more than two, and left off. Uh, so I got to finish this message from last Wednesday. So we're going to review, Brad. So you might lose me, I might lose you, but we're going to end up with stewarding your calling and ministry. That's where we're headed. All right. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. 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 Uh, when we think of stewardship, I think we think of faithfulness. Uh, you are going to leave someone in someone's care. They had better be trustworthy. They better be honest, dependable, faithful. Uh, when you give your kids to a babysitter, they are stewards in that time, and they are stewarding some of your most precious uh, possessions. They are stewarding your kids, and you are sure hoping that they are going to be faithful. So what is a steward? We looked at it last time. Stewardship is the management of a household or affairs. Uh, what is a steward? Uh, again, the one who is the manager, the overseer. In that capacity, managing someone else's affairs. Uh, we looked at a, a couple of examples. A faithful steward in Genesis 24, that was Abraham's servant. And he was just a, a tremendous faithful steward. Then you had the unfaithful steward in Luke chapter 16. And uh, so there's, it, it goes both ways. We can be a good faithful steward or we can be an unfaithful steward. And Lord, help us in our lives to be stewards that would be counted faithful. What are our stewardships? We looked at a few of these last week, just went through them very quickly, and I wanted to park on one, and that's the one we're going to do today. Uh, so health, 1 Corinthians 19, 20. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body which, and in your spirit, which are God's. Uh, more will be said about that, but uh, uh, our health is something that God intends us to steward for him. Sometimes easier said than done. Nonetheless, it needs to be a priority of ours. Time, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We all have a stewardship of time. God's told us to walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time, buying back the time. I am ashamed to think of how much time I have wasted. And yet... There is still time, Lord willing, to redeem and buy back the opportunities that God gives us to serve him. Let's not take for granted how much time God has given us to bring glory to his name. We have the stewardship of family. Matthew 19, 16 says that wherefore there are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Psalm 127, 3, Lo, children are inherited of, of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Your marriage, your children... These are stewardships that God expects us to steward wisely and faithfully. If you have a family, that is a gift of God. The fruit of the womb is His reward. We need to steward that wisely through prayer and through priorities. But finances are another stewardship of ours. Matthew 25, 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, he called his own servants... And delivered them unto, unto them his goods. Unto one he gave five talents, to another two, 
to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. God knows what your abilities are, and he knows what your abilities aren't. He knows what he can entrust with you, and he knows what he can't entrust with you. And that's why I guess I haven't been given millions of dollars. Uh, the Lord knows I would fumble the ball and lose it, all right? Uh, I, you know, if, if I had maybe the faithfulness there, God would give more, potentially. Uh, you know, it's, it's neat to see who God entrusts with riches. And it's neat to see how God gives some people a giving heart and, and just a, a, a selflessness. I've told this story before, but I got to be um, at the warehouse where these two men invented the Skycam. You familiar with the Skycam? It's in pretty much every arena now, every football arena, whatever. And it's four pulleys, and in the middle is this, it looks like a floating camera. And because it's on four pulleys, they can put that thing anywhere uh, as the players are playing and whatnot. Well, I got to meet the inventors, and I got to go to their warehouse and hear their story. Both of them born-again Christians. Multi-millionaires. They sold that Skycam all over the world, Right? Uh, and then God used them to start another business, and they did better with the second business than they did with the first. And they have given so much money away to Christian uh, endeavors and missionaries and so forth, and they're the most humble guys. Hey, uh, there are some who are entrusted five talents, right? Some who are entrusted two, some who are entrusted one. God may not have given you Skycam. Okay, I didn't get it or I got lost in the mail, uh, but he has given me what he's given me, and I had better be faithful with it. And you may be like me, this one-talent Christian, and you say, ah, oh, it's my only one talent. I mean, what's, what's the big deal? God's not going to miss this. Don't make the mistake that this guy made. And we're going to talk about him at the end of this message. Uh, we need to be faithful with what God has entrusted to us. He knows your abilities. He knows what he gave and why he gave it. And he knows what he expects you to do with what he's given. Let's steward our finances as well. Uh, that's going to come back up in the Malachi series, actually. Uh, it just naturally comes up there in the next chapter. Uh, the gospel is a stewardship. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory in. Uh, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will a dispensation or a stewardship of the gospel is committed unto me. And then 2 Corinthians 5.20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. We have been given the stewardship of the gospel. We are ambassadors for Christ. What are we doing with that? Are we being faithful in that specific stewardship? As I mentioned last week, I would like your prayer on this. Prayer for me personally to be faithful in the stewardship of the gospel. Prayer also for wisdom to know how to lead our whole congregation in the harvest fields with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Well, we come now to the new portion. That was all review. Uh, we need to steward your calling and ministry. Steward your calling and ministry. Have you heard of Archippus? Have you heard of him? No? I mean, if you've read through your Bible, you've read through his name. You, you've read through it twice. He comes in the scriptures twice. I wonder what his mom called him for short. Ark? Archie? I don't know. Archippus. I, I haven't met anybody named Archippus. 
but he made it in the scriptures. And so uh, I want us to take a look at his life and make some, some, uh, some applications from it. Colossians 4.17 tells us that Paul, as he was signing off, says, he's given instructions, and he says, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. So who was old Archippus? He was a steward. That's what he was. He was a steward of what? He was a steward of a ministry that he had received from the Lord. And does it seem to you that there may be an expectation that went with that stewardship? I don't think it's reading between the lines. In fact, I think it's pretty much spelled out in black and white. Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. There are expectations that go with the responsibility of stewardship. And so we need to steward our calling and ministry as archipists. Uh, I think I got another verse in there. Philemon 1 2 is the, the second reference to this guy. And to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. So, who was Archippus? We really don't know anything but what we have from these two verses, from my study. If you find something, let me know. We believe he was Paul's fellow laborer, and, and actually, more than that, fellow soldier is what it says. These guys went to war together. They were battle buddies. Do you have battle buddies in the ministry? I hope you do. That's part of what being in church is about, is, is doing battle together, battle on our knees together. We're going to do that in a little bit. And I hope, I hope you don't just pray a quick prayer and run off. I hope you, you'll, you'll enter into real prayer with one another. Uh, battle together as we go out in the harvest fields. And uh, you think about everything that they were up against in Paul's day. Who they'd seen die already by the time this had been written. Who, what friends of theirs were gone. James was murdered. They almost got Peter. Stephen, of course, the martyr, he was uh, one of the first to go. These guys have been through it. They've done funerals and uh, funerals for martyrs, and, and yet he was still faithful. And, and uh, as he's writing to Philemon, he greets Aphia and he greets Archippus, his fellow soldier. Now, some have said that when you go to Colossians 4.17, that maybe Archippus needed to get back in line. Maybe he needed a kick in the pants because Paul had to single him out and say, take heed, Archie, okay, take heed. God gave you something, you better fulfill it. I don't know that we have to read it that way. I don't know that it is absolutely implicit in the text. Uh, how many scriptures can you think of where the scripture said, take heed to this and take heed to that? It doesn't necessarily mean that the people receiving it weren't taking heed, but it's just an admonition. It is, it is an encouragement. This is important. This is a reminder. And now maybe he was discouraged. Maybe he had gotten off course and needed to be lovingly encouraged to get back on course. That's certainly possible, but whichever way you take it, I guess it's fine with me. The point is, God had not lost track of this guy. Now, when we think of calling and ministry in the Bible and you think of someone with a calling, you think of all kinds of guys. You think of Paul, you think of Peter, 
Think of all the apostles. <clears throat> you think of all the guys who God used to write the scriptures. <clears throat> what a calling. What a ministry. And then they had their sidekicks, Titus, Silas, Timothy, right? They had a calling. They made it in there. Uh, uh, Titus got left in Crete, but hey, that was a calling. That was a, a big calling. Archippus. Who is Archippus? Now, they think that he was the pastor of Colossae at the time of the writing of this epistle, okay? So that's a big deal, the pastor at the church of Colossae. But nonetheless, by our standards, we don't put Archippus up with Paul. Some of you didn't even know his name before. Uh, maybe you read his name, but you wouldn't have recognized it necessarily before we talked about it here tonight. What does it, what does it tell you and me? Uh, your calling and ministry is important to God. He has not lost track of you. He has not forgotten about you, no matter who you are and where you supposedly rank as if who's ranking we tend to rank i don't know what god does with that i, I don't I, we're probably all uh ranked pretty low if we're going to be ranked at all but this encourages me <clears throat> archippus i haven't forgotten about you you're my steward of a ministry that has been given to you you're my fellow soldier i want you to take heed and i want you to fulfill that ministry. Let's see three things from this passage. First of all, as we're stewarding our calling and our ministry, regard what you've been given. Regard what you've been given. Take heed to the ministry, it says. Take heed. That means give attention to. Regard this. Sometimes, folks, you can be given something and no sooner have you received it, have you received it, you lost it. I come by that, you know, honestly, you know, hey, John Burt, here's the keys to the bus. Thanks, John. Walk off to the bus and they're, they're gone. Someone swiped the keys out of my hand from my office to the bus. Like, how does that happen? I have no idea, but I've done that more than once. I should have been a magician. You know, I can make things disappear in thin air. I'd never be able to repeat the trick, but, uh, you know, why does that happen? You're just not focused. You're not focused on what you're doing, get too much on your mind, and, and you, you're not taking heed to what you've been given, and then, oh, what, 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 what happened? I fumbled the ball. How did the Apostle Paul regard his ministry? We don't know much about uh, our beloved Archippus, uh, but we do know what Paul did in regard to his ministry. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 says that, he says, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. What he's saying is, we did not want to charge you for our ministry to you, so we decided to labor night and day. Laboring to you in the day for free, laboring at night, making tents or whatever, to live. This is who Paul was. He could have taken a salary. In fact, he makes it very clear that salaries should be given to ministers of the word, and, and, and the laborer is worthy of his hire. So he makes sure he takes care of all of the other uh, co-laborers, but he himself said, no, I'm not going to do it. 
because we would not be chargeable unto you. We preach the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses in God also how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe, as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Do you see the analogies made here of his ministry? It starts off saying he was like a gentle, cherishing nurse. I don't know. Well, I guess we have male nurses today. There's Jason and, you know, but... Uh, you know, th- th- this, this is not how I picture Paul. Gentle, you know, n- like a, a nursing a child. But he had a, tender, he had a tender approach. He could write the book of 2 Corinthians too. Uh, but he also could be gentle and tender and caring. And then the very end it says, as a father doth his children. He was like a nurse. He was like a father. He was, he was that one that was just going to give of himself And it says, not the gospel of God only, end of verse 8, but also our own souls. Because ye were dear to us, do you see the regard that Paul had to the ministry he had been given? And Paul, under inspiration of the Scriptures, says to Archippus, you need to regard what you have been given. You need to take heed. Pour your life into that ministry. Now, when we say ministry or calling, uh, what exactly is that? It's different for each one of us. We all have different ministries right now. We all have different callings, and that's beautiful. I'm glad we don't all have the same calling. It just wouldn't work. Uh, there'll be too many of us preaching tonight. We don't have a big enough platform to all be doing that, okay? Uh, so you have your own calling. You have your own ministry. Uh, the the uh, With Paul, uh, he had his ministry that that was different than Archippus. And yet, and yet, uh, he's able to, to tell him, look, you take heed to regard what you have been given. Don't compare with somebody else. Now, when you look at ministry, what do you see? What do you see? All right, uh, don't see a, an occupation. Don't see a job. You, what you need to see is people. That's what ministry is. Take heed to the ministry, Archippus, you have been given. Well, you could see he's the, he's the church of Colossae, right? He's the pastor of the church of Colossae. So maybe the ministry I've been given, okay, what do I picture? My study, my notes, my sermon file, you know, the coffee pot, uh, the building. Yeah, I, I got to take out the trash. I forgot about that. Take out the trash. Get out to the street. It's, it's Wednesday, you know. Uh, it goes Thursday morning. That's not the ministry. The ministry is the people. It's the people that God's put into your life. You know, if you are excited about a calling, but you're not excited about people, you've got it all backwards. If you're excited about your ministry, but people are frustrating stumbling blocks to where you're trying to go, You've got it all backwards. God didn't just entrust to you some office space or some uh, occupation. He entrusted to you people. Whether your calling is secular or uh, what we call full-time ministry in, in church work, it's all about people. 
It's about serving people. It's about being a light to people. It's about being there for people. It's about helping people and ultimately having a relationship to lead them to Jesus Christ. Whatever your calling is, if it is working on cars, working on sermons, or working at healthcare or engineering, whatever your calling is, you need to have a heart for people. People are part of your ministry and they are a part of your calling. And you see it there in Paul's life in 1 Thessalonians 2. You see it. We gave our own souls because ye were dear unto us. We were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only. Sometimes it's easier just give a tract and run, you know? Uh, I remember we were, we were, when I was in high school, we were given, we went to a teen, teen uh, uh, Friday night teen thing at the church, and we were all given these assignments of stuff we had to do in town and come back and report in first team that checked all the boxes across town, wins. Go over here, buy a pizza. Go over here, eat the pizza. Uh, you know, doing some goofy thing. And one of the things on the box was give out a gospel tract at McDonald's. And I remember uh, none of us were, I guess, where we needed to be at that time. Evidently, we like we drew straws for who's going to give out the gospel tract. Now, that's terrible. Who's going to give out the gospel tract at McDonald's on my stars? And I remember this girl. This little girl, she was like four foot seven, full grown. I mean, I, I, she hasn't grown an inch to this day, I don't think. Little girl, she drew the straw. Well, here, here's the tract, you know. I remember she comes in, and they can't even see her over the counter. She comes in, she puts the tract on there and <laughs> flicks it across, and then hightails it out. We're like, oh, did they see you? Did they see you? Oh, okay, okay, good. Well, check that box, and off we go. I, I'm sorry, that happened, okay. Uh, you know... I guess maybe that's a start. Uh, his word won't return void. Hopefully someone got saved from that track. But let me just tell you, that's an extreme example. But Paul's saying, I'm not just here to quick give you the gospel and I got to go. I'm here to pour my life into you. As a nurse that cherisheth her children, as a father comforts and cares for his children, regard what you have been given Take heed to the ministry. It's not just some calling. It's faces. It's people. Take heed to them. So secondly, first of all was take heed to the ministry, regard what you've been given. Secondly, which thou hast received in the Lord. Remember who gave it to you. Remember who gave it to you. This is an important phrase. We don't know a lot about Archippus, but there's a lot in this one little verse. Take heed to the ministry that you got from Jesus. That is so important, folks. In other words, if you just dream something up for yourself, fine, the world does that. That's not stewardship. But if you're a Christian and you're sold out, surrendered to God, and you have said, Lord, lead me, use me, take me, fill me, direct me. My life is yours. I surrender all to you. He's going to give you a stewardship. He's going to give you a ministry, a calling, a direction. Now, it, sometimes it, it changes. There's phases of life, right? Grandparent phase is different than young kids' phase, so I hear. I'll let you know when we get there. 
different phases. You know, uh, when you have the strength of your youth, we tend to, to do a lot more stuff that takes strength. I look back at what I did with the cola clash, chasing teenagers around with huge four-foot balls, uh, volleyball and all that. Oh, my. Mountain Dew at midnight and pizza, and I don't know how any of us didn't die from that, but uh, that was the strength of my youth, and we had fun. We had fun preaching the gospel to teenagers, and it was great. You know, sometimes God redirects, and, and as you go through life, different things open up. There's the commit out of faithful men stage, or that should be all the way along, but you know, uh, a lot of times uh, there can be a, a focused uh, direction that way. But the bottom line is, it's God doing the directing. And it's God doing the giving. And we don't need to argue with God. We don't need to figure out some new plan. We don't need to uh, reinvent the wheel. We need to surrender and go with what he gives us. You know, Moses, it was really easy. When Moses came before the Lord, the Lord said, what is in your hand? He's standing there with a staff. I don't want to be here. I can't talk. I hate people. I can't do it. What's in your hand? With a stick? Yeah. Watch what I can do with that. Pow. And you know the rest of that story. That stick, whoa. I mean, it turns into a snake, and, and uh, I mean, and then Aaron's rod uh, budded and all of this. I mean, you might not think you have much, but if you got it from God, that's all you need. And God expects you to be faithful with it and to remember who you got it from. Sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we are just absolutely ready to quit. You say, I can't do this anymore. You need to think back. How did I get here? How did we get here? How did this happen? Uh, you know, where was God? Look back and see God here, God here, God here, God here. And, and look at that whole, that whole uh, timeline and, and just bow. Bow before him and say, thank you, Lord, that you remember little old Archippus over here. That you actually care. You cared to give me a ministry. You cared to give me a stewardship. You know, sometimes it is overwhelming. We got five kids now. You know, like, how do we get here? Well, my wife looks at me. <laughs> uh, hey, it's a, it's a different with five than it was with one. I'll tell you that. But it's, it's what God has, and it's beautiful. And we have to uh, be a faithful steward of whatever he gives. 1 Timothy 1.12 is my life verse. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. It just, every, every phrase rings true in my heart. First of all, thankfulness to Christ. That's where this all started. That's the only way this is going to keep going. It started with Christ. It'll continue with Christ. It'll end with Christ when he says it's over. And we can just thank him for that. It's all of him. I didn't figure this out. I didn't make something happen. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, and boy, I'm glad for that phrase, because I cannot do what he's called me to do without his enabling. But faithful is he who calleth you, who also will do it. The one who calls you is the one who does it through you. Folks, that's a good deal. 
That's a really good deal. It's exciting. And then the next phrase, for that he counted me faithful. Did you read that right? He counted me faithful. It doesn't even say that I am faithful or that you are faithful or that Paul was faithful. That he counted me faithful. In other words, it's all of him. It's all of his grace. It's all of his enabling. And he is the only reason we can even be faithful because he's faithful in us and through us putting me into the ministry. I didn't sign up for anything. He took me and he put me. There we go, okay? But that's okay, you know? Everything I have tried to sign up for, and I've had a lot of ambitions and pursuits of things I would love to do and basketball and and trumpet career and various things, the Lord just never let any of those things work. I had things after that. That wasn't the end of my trying to do stuff. He never breathed life into anything. You know, it's interesting. I know we're free will agents, right? But it's amazing to see how God directs our lives and how God uses various circumstances and and just continues to shut doors. There are things that you barely touch, but God breathes on it and it goes. It's like, whoa, okay, fasten the seatbelts. This is moving. There are things that you work and sweat and bleed and stress over and what in the world god wasn't in that folks it'll be better for us i believe if we would just let him do the pudding where he puts you stay if he puts you in a marriage stay there and be faithful if he puts you in a family be faithful to that family if he puts you in a ministry gave you a calling say lord thank you Keep enabling me. Thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for putting me here and you trust him. Galatians 1.15, I love this verse too. When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. That's Paul's testimony. He says, it pleased God. How did I get here? How am I this apostle Paul doing whatever I do? It pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Folks, you're not an afterthought. God hasn't made a mistake with you. You haven't gotten lost in the shuffle. He knows what he gave you. He knows what he's equipped you to do. And it pleased him. Your life, your potential, your stewardship pleases Almighty God. And he's got all the grace you need to continue. Acts 20, 24, and 28, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. The ministry, what? Which I have received of the Lord Jesus. Remember who gave it to you. Which thou hast received of the Lord Archippus. Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord. Verse 28 of Acts 20 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Feed the flock, the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. You think God cares about the ministry he's given you, the calling he's given you, the direction he has sent you? I think so. He says, you take heed to my flock. I purchased them with my blood. You know, This is my flock, I guess. But each of you have your own sphere of influence, your own flock. 
And you need to recognize God sees that very, very, uh, uh, takes that very seriously. God expects you to take care of that stewardship, your family, whatever it may be. Remember who gave it to you, which thou hast received in the Lord. So Archippus, three things. Steward your calling and ministry. Regard what you've been given. Remember who gave it to you. And thirdly, recognize your responsibility to follow through. The last few words says, that thou fulfill it. That's pretty direct. I don't know about you, but that seems pretty direct to me. And say to Archippus, as I'm signing off here, Paul says, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Like I said, I don't know if he was discouraged and he needed some, some pick-me-up. I don't know if he had been very faithful. And Paul just wanted to make sure that this guy hangs on. My fellow soldier, boy, he's been, he's been lifting the shield of faith and swinging the sword. I mean, he's got to be getting tired. Hey, Archippus, hang in there. Fulfill the ministry follow through. Steward your responsibility by following through. You know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.14, neglect not the gift that's in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. God gives gifts. He expects you to steward those gifts. He gives a calling. He gives a ministry. He expects you to steward that calling and ministry. And you and I could be like Archippus and say, but I'm just Archippus. Whoever heard of Archippus? After all, all I got was two verses. Okay. <laughs> he didn't know that. But, uh, uh, you know, who, who, who am I and what's the big deal? Like, like is anyone even going to care? God cares. I want us to go back to Matthew 25, 24 and see the end of that story. One, one steward got five talents. One steward got two. One steward got one. Maybe he's thinking, does anybody care? I'm, I'm just the guy who got one. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. So he says, I knew you. I know how you think. I know what you're about. You're a, you're a hard man. Austere. And you're a go-getter. You get her done. I got a hand to you, boss. I mean, you can literally bring quarters out of thin air. That's kind of what he's saying. You're so productive. You're so uh, uh, focused in what you do that you reap where you haven't even sown and you gather where you haven't even strawed. So I know you're used to production and I know you're used to a certain expectation and I didn't want to let you down. I know you. And if I had gone out there with my one talent and lost it, that's it. I don't have five. I don't have four to fall back on. You know, I, 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 I knew you, Lord, and so I, I knew you, you wouldn't want me to let you down, so I just dug in the ground and hit it. I'm sure you're okay with that. 
His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury, with interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents, for everyone that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away that which he hath. Cast ye the unprofitable servant, servant into outer darkness, lest you be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow! That turned around. Have you ever had someone take your words and hit you over the head with them? That's what happened here. Out of your own mouth, I will judge you. You knew me, but I was a hard man that gathers where I don't even straw and, and reap where I haven't sowed. Therefore, you should have known I would expect you to be faithful to what I gave you. Now it's interesting, he takes the one from him and gives it to the one with ten. And it says, To him that hath shall be given, and he that shall have abundance, and from him that hath not shall be taken away that which he even hath. And you could go away from that saying, okay, so God says the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. Oh, bummer. That's not what it's saying. What did the, now the ten talents steward have? that the other guy didn't have. Well, he had more gifts. He was more gifted, but maybe so. He had more talents, maybe so. I'll tell you this, he had more faith. He had more faith. He was willing to go out and work and even, in a sense, risk what he had. And the other said, no, I cannot risk anything. So what you have with the guy with one talent is you have an individual with no faith and with fear. Fear gripped him. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? What if I can't do it? What if I just don't have it in me? I've thought all these thoughts a lot. But the truth of the matter is you have to go back to the beginning. Who gave it to me? And why? And what were the instructions? And, and what's his heart? And who is he? And so you, you go back to, again, regarding the ministry and remembering where you got it, who gave it to you, and then you say, Lord, by faith, help me now to recognize my responsibility to follow through, that thou fulfill it. The word fulfill means to make full, to fill up, to fill to the full, to render full or complete. Fill it up. I've given you one life. Fill it up. Now the world takes it a different direction. You only got one life, party up. God says, you've given, you got one life, fill it up with usefulness to me. It's a stewardship. You've got one calling, fill it up. You've got a, a ministry. You've got a sphere of influence. You've got a family. You've got people that I've given you. Fill it up. But I don't have it. He says, I gave you what you need. That's all they need is what I gave you. Give it to them. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. You know, I like Archippus because I need to hear what he needed 
and say to John Barber, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. He knows my name. He, he hasn't forgotten about me. He didn't forget what I was given. And, and this whole thing, it, it matters. Praise God. Well, Lord, by your grace, help me to be a faithful steward and fill it up. What ministry has God given you to fill up for his glory? I hope you see faces. Maybe you see your kids. Maybe you see your spouse. Maybe you see people in, in church or various ministries or various spheres of influence within your mission and your calling. Remember and fill it full for his glory. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for calling us, enabling us, and equipping us to do your work with your enabling for your glory. Lord, I just pray that we would take heart and take courage and comfort as we look at what you're doing in our lives, that you began a great work and you will fulfill it uh, and, uh, until the day of, of your coming. Help us, Lord, to be faithful. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.